Section 11 of Fifty-One Tales by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. This book has been read by Roslyn Carlyle. Section 11 The Man with the Golden Earrings The Dream of King Karnavutra and The Storm The Man with the Golden Earrings it may be that I dreamed this. So much at least is certain that I turned one day from the traffic of a city and came to its docks and saw its slimy wharves going down green and steep into the water and saw the huge grey river slipping by and the lost things that went with it turning over and over and I thought of the nations of unpitying time, and saw and marvelled at the queenly ships come newly from the sea. It was then, if I mistake not, that I saw, leaning against a wall, with his face to the ships, a man with golden earrings. His skin had the dark tint of the southern men. The deep black hairs of his moustache were whitened a little with salt. He wore a dark blue jacket such as sailors wear, and the long boots of seafarers. But the look in his eyes was farther afield than the ships. He seemed to be beholding the farthest things. Even when I spoke to him, he did not call home that look, but answered me dreamily with that same fixed stare, as though his thoughts were heaving on far and lonely seas. I asked him what ship he had come by, for there were many there. The sailing ships were there with their sails all furled, and their masts straight and still, like a wintry forest. The steamers were there, and great liners puffing up idle smoke into the twilight. He answered he had come by none of them. I asked what line he had worked on, for he was clearly a sailor. I mentioned well-known lines, but he did not know them. Then I asked him where he worked and what he was, and he said, I work in the Sargasso Sea, and I am the last of the pirates, the last left alive. And I shook him by the hand, I do not know how many times. I said, we feared you were dead, we feared you were dead. And he answered sadly, No, no, I have sinned too deeply on the Spanish seas. I am not allowed to die. The Dream of King Karnavutra King Karnavutra, sitting on his throne, commanding all things, said, I very clearly saw last night the queenly Vavanairia, though partly she was hidden by great clouds that swept continually by her, rolling over and over. Yet her face was unhidden and shone, being full of moonlight. I said to her, Walk with me by the great pools in many-gardened, beautiful Istrakan, where the lilies float that give delectable dreams. Or, drawing aside the curtain of hanging orchids, 
pass with me thence from the pools by a secret path through the else impassable jungle that fills the only way between the mountains that shut in Istrakhan. They shut it in and look on it with joy at morning and at evening, when the pools are strange with light, till in their gladness sometimes there melts the deadly snow that kills upon lonely heights the mountaineer. They have valleys among them older than the wrinkles in the moon. Come with me, thence, or linger with me there, and either we shall come to romantic lands which the men of the caravans only speak of in song, or else we shall listlessly walk in a land so lovely that even the butterflies that float about it, when they see their images flash in the sacred pools, are terrified by their beauty. And each night we shall hear the myriad nightingales, all in one chorus, sing the stars to death. Do this, and I will send heralds far from here with tidings of thy beauty, and they shall run and come to Sendara, and men shall know it there who herd brown sheep, and from Sendara the rumour shall spread on down either bank of the holy river of Zoth, till the people that make wattles in the plains shall hear of it and sing. But the heralds shall go northward, along the hills, until they come to Suma, and in that golden city they shall tell the kings that sit in their lofty alabaster house of thy strange and sudden smiles. And often in distant markets shall thy story be told by merchants out from Suma, as they sit telling careless tales, as they sit telling careless tales to lure men to their wares. And the heralds passing thence shall come even to Ingra, to Ingra where they dance, and there they shall tell of thee, so that thy name long hence shall be sung in that joyous city, and there they shall borrow camels, and pass over the sands and go by desert ways to distant Nirid, to tell of thee to the lonely men in the mountain monasteries. Come with me, even now, for it is spring. And as I said this, she faintly, yet perceptibly, shook her head. And it was only then I remembered. My youth was gone, and she dead forty years. THE STORM They saw a little ship that was far at sea, and that went by the name of the Petit Espérance and because of its uncouth rig and its lonely air, and the look that it had of coming from strangers' lands, they said, It is neither a ship to greet nor desire, nor yet to succour when the hands of the sea. And the sea rose up, as is the want of the sea, and the little ship from afar was in his hands, and frailer than ever seemed its feeble masts, with their sails of fantastic cut, and their alien flags. And the sea made a great and very triumphing voice, as the sea doth. And then there arose a wave that was very strong, even the ninth-born son of the hurricane and the tide, and hid the little ship, and hid the whole of the far parts of the sea. Thereat said those who stood on the good dry land, 
"'Twas but a little worthless alien ship, and it is sunk at sea, and it is good and right that the storm have spoil. And they turned, and watched the course of the merchantmen, laden with silver and appeasing spice. Year after year they cheered them into port, and praised their goods and their familiar sails, and many years went by. And at last, with decks and bulwarks, covered with cloth of gold, with age-old parrots that had known the troubadours, singing illustrious songs and preening their feathers of gold, with a hold full of emeralds and rubies, all silken with Indian loot, furling as it came in its way-worn alien sails, a galleon glided into port, shutting the sunlight from the merchantmen, and lo, it loomed the equal of the cliffs. Who are you? they asked, far-travelled, wonderful ship, and they said, the petit espérance. Oh, said the people on shore, we thought you were sunk at sea. Sunk at sea? sang the sailors. We could not be sunk at sea. We had the gods on board. End of section 11